All right, gentlemen, are we ready? Affirmative. We are ready. Let us begin. Internet and welcome to another episode of Geek Anthology. I am your host, Neil Porter, and I'm joined this week by the one true Ben and Mike. And uh, we are in pandemic week of seven thousand and twelve, or at least it feels like it. Uh, still recording remotely um, from our secure yeah. bunkers. Well, I mean, you're, I think you have the closest thing to a secure bunker, Ben. You know, if the bunker is doing its job right, secure bunker should be a uh, redundant. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, it's like uh, it's like the tautology of an ATM machine. Yeah. Oh man, you read my mind. I was just about to say ATM machine, (laughs) automated teller machine, machine, or you know, Padawan learner, as George Lucas likes to put his. (laughs) Uh, So. Recent events, I've uh, been playing more video games, of course, because can't leave the house. As Cat Icarus says on his YouTube channel, the world is bricks. Um, so I uh, thought we'd talk about more, more about some video games, and uh, I had the idea for this particular topic because um, I bought a Humble Bundle that is no longer available uh, for City Skylines. Um, which is a uh, city-building simulator game, and so that's what we're going to be talking about today, simulation games. Um, but first, let us go ahead and uh, get some signal boosts out there. Um, I suppose I'll go first, because I typically do. Um, I've been playing some City Skylines recently. Um, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> but uh, but the thing I actually want to mention is um, in... Uh, in relation to the episode of a couple weeks ago, EA just recently released a really just excellent uh, re- uh, remaster and re-release of Command and Conquer Gold and Red Alert One. I have to say that was very tempting because uh, I grew up with those games and enjoyed them thoroughly. Oh man, they are! It, it is! It is! It is excellent. It keeps the same feel, but at, but updates it just enough to for for sort of the for sort of modern RTS goodness. Um, the sprite work, the sprites have been completely redone, and the FMV videos, which is a tautology again. Um, <laughs> yeah, full motion video, video. Yeah, but the FMVs <laughs> have been uh, have been remastered and upconverted. Oh, and uh, let me just jump in real quick. Um, yeah. Speaking of echoes, Ben, we are picking up Neil's voice. Um, yeah, I think because you were you're just using your microphone and not and not using the the headphones. I think we're gonna have to go back to the headphones. Well, shit. You will work it out. Alas, we have yeah, pause for technical difficulties. It actually folds into a uh, into a kind of a, a gaming news thing in that EA has basically folded and has all these games on Steam now. <laughs> I, I think okay. Origin still exists at this point, but who man, they are getting their their butts whipped. Well, the uh, the Epic Game Store is uh, is is turning things into kind of a two two pony race. And I guess EA threw its money behind Steam, which hey, I'm happy. It means I can finally play a bunch of games that I didn't want to buy because I don't didn't want to download Origin. I'm kind of torn because like I think competition is good in general for the consumer and the market, but on the other hand, I love Steam and I use Steam, so meh. <laughs> I mean, I use Steam pretty much exclusively as well. Um, I like that there's competition, especially if it will make Steam better. 
Exactly. That's, um, a, that's the thing that I worry about is that like, you know, Steam's got to have some actual competition to keep them in check. Mm -hmm. And the fact that I can play Mirror's Edge Catalyst if I want to, now that I, I just need to buy it, that, uh, that makes me happy because the first Mirror, Mirror's Edge was a lot of fun. I was like, hey, they made a sequel slash remake slash reboot, but it's on Origin, and I don't want like my my whole thing about um about using Steam pretty much exclusively is just laziness. <laughs> like I don't want to have to download another game client. I mean, I don't. I I wouldn't particular. I wouldn't care too much. I mean, like there's some of that in there, but. I just go where the games are, and the games are usually on Steam. Yeah. So that's that's it. In my opinion, I want it to be on Steam because that's where I typically go to play my games. And Ooh, Unravel's on Steam now, too. That's cool. I, was gonna, I thought I was going to have to buy that on my PS4. And probably still will buy it on my PS4. Anyhow, um, the other thing I wanted to say about the Command & Conquer um, ups, uh, re-release uh, is a couple things. One, when it initially boots up, it plays a video where the EVA uh, program... Updates itself from 1995 drivers to 2020 drivers. <laughs> That's hilarious. Which is absolutely 25 hilarious. 25 like, year update. Wow. You know, like it, it essentially, it like it says, it, 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 like it's all, it's all in, you know, in, in the video. But it's like drivers out of date, downloading, and then it like up, it, it improves its graphics, graphical fidelity, and like it's like, oh man, I hope there weren't any Y2K issues. <laughs> hope they got that sorted out. <laughs> And, uh, and 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 obviously that was made new for the thing, but the uh, the the FMV um, was very well upscaled and and uh, and and remastered. It's still it, it here. Here's what I can say about it. It looks as good on my 4K monitor as it did on my 800 by 600 monitor playing it off of a CD 25 years ago. <laughs> gotcha. Um, but so like. Yeah, no compatibility issues, but it still just is what it is. Well, no, I'm saying like like the quality has re pretty much remained the same. Um, but it, but like I, I'm not I'm not sure if I'm communicating this properly. Like I'm not saying it looks it it it, it looks just as good if that makes sense. I think it makes sense. Yeah, there's some artifacting um, because when you try to turn um, something that was that was filmed in like 800 interlaced. Um, yeah. to 4K progressive, you're gonna have some interesting artifacting, <laughs> but it doesn't look bad. Uh, <laughs> and the nod missions are still hard as hell. Yeah, that is legit. And you, they uh, also uh, they didn't fix the sandbag bug, which I'm happy about. Is that the the one where the like the sandbag is invincible? The, well, it's not that it's invincible; it's that the AI doesn't know how to target them. Oh, that's right; it doesn't know how to actually target it, so it becomes an impenetrable wall. Yeah, so you can sandbags. you can literally sandbag your enemy into his base, and he'll just he'll line up a giant army at the sandbags, waiting to get out. And you just like yeah, you just like bomb them if they don't have any anti-air. Yeah, I remember that. You know what's so funny about it is that it's a meta joke of. You are literally you're sandbagging them by sandbagging. Them. <laughs> but yeah, that that's uh, that, yeah. that's that's my that's my uh, signal boost. Also, apparently, it, uh, they they the multiplayer is in the game, so that's cool. Um, hey, if I pick it up on sale one of these days, I might uh, get to play it sometime. Hey, I'm, and 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 the other nice thing is it's not a full it's not a full price release. It was it was like twenty bucks, um, right. which is. Good. So just to, to clarify for interested parties, 
it's i believe the the official title is command and conquer remastered right command and conquer remastered collection collection so it includes all the original command and conquer games mm-hmm. expansions and red alert games well it's it yeah it's cnc gold plus expansions plus the uh the uh the n64 exclusive missions um <laughs> because rts games on console that's a good idea oh wow um, we, we should do it we could do a whole episode on that <laughs> rts is on consoles. On, on games in on games in formats that they really where they really don't work um they've gotten I'll better over time but they started yeah. really poorly should add that to the list um yep doing it now given that i don't play console games i may have to sit that one out <laughs> when's the well, last I time mean, you played a console game ben um 2010 maybe um it was when um it was when new vegas came out yeah, but we'd be talking about stuff from back then. We wouldn't be talking about stuff more recent than that anyway. I don't yeah, think. because these days... Well, that thing is... Mm-hmm. The, these days, the, the main difference... Sorry, go ahead. See, the last time I played a console game before that was sometime in the 90s. Mm-hmm. I, got a, I got an Xbox, I, I think it was an Xbox, just to play, um, you know, just to play um, New Vegas. Got rid of it, got, and got it, on, uh, got it on, the, on my computer. Well, hey, that's when this started. Uh, you had Command and Conquer and Warcraft and stuff on consoles in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyhow, that's my played. signal boost. <laughs> Command and Conquer, uh, which is Gold and uh, and Red Alert One, and man, they're still just as fun as uh, as I remembered. <laughs> I'm all about that Soviet mammoth tank. That thing was the coolest unit. I I never played Red Alert One. We had CNC Gold, um, and then I didn't get another Command and Conquer game until uh, Red Alert Two. Oh man, um, you would shoot like the mammoth tank was like the size of four like medium tanks together, kind of nice. like uh, you know like a huge creature instead of a medium or like a yeah. large creature instead of a medium creature in D and D kind of thing. Yeah, and it would have all these different weapons and like one of them like it would shoot little rockets, uh, and if it hit an infantry person, they would like ragdoll and fly up into the air. It's hilarious. Well, I mean, I'm gonna get to Red Alert One here in a bit because. Um... Oh yeah, I own do it tell now. me your thoughts at that point because uh, I will. <laughs> I'll give an update once I finally played that game. There you go. I technically have the uh, the first decade collection, which was Gold, Hyperion Sun, Red Alerts One and Two, Generals, Renegade, and something else. Um, but they were just straight up re-releases, and they had a lot of right. problems, like not being not like not having a widescreen format. Oof, at all yeah, that's rough and i only have widescreen uh, monitors so i've been talking long enough ben mike ben, what do you got take it away ben. <laughs> mike what you got uh, what i got is old <laughs> well i mean isn't that the joke obligatory ben is old joke right everything i got told so my my big thing this week is um a webcomic that's been going since like 2011 and i just discovered it called quantum vibe um, sorry, quantum what? Which is interesting. Quantum vibe, uh, quantum, and then vibe, and uh, it's been going since 2011. And, and reading it, it's really it's really interesting because you're going back through 2011 to you know through now. Uh, it's like it's like um, you know watching this guy's life. <laughs> you know, it's always interesting when I uh, do a big archive binge of old web comics. Quantum. If you take quantum vibe comic. The initials are QVC, which amuses me for some reason. Yeah, what now? <laughs> Quantum Vibe Comic is QVC, if you uh, make it into initials. Oh, QVC. I just find that amusing. Sometimes I find silly things funny. I like uh, it. QuantumVibe.com. Yep. I am looking at it here, and I'll probably have to, at this point... Uh, is there an avalanche over there, Ben? I'm sorry? 
Are you running an ice uh, maker? No, I was just uh, pulling my, uh, just uh, outside pulling my um, my uh, trash bin in. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> uh, ben, ben, ben can't really do this. He has to do this from his phone at the moment, which means um, mobile, baby. It means right? uh, lovely ambiance. Yep. Yes. Yep. So tonight I'll have to stand out here where you can hear the frogs when they're singing. <laughs> well, I mean, 2020 is a is a is a massive cicada year. Just to add every, right. just to add to everything else, so the trees <laughs> trees will start screaming here in another uh, yeah in another month or so. We right. get some we could we get some take a you know we, if it gets silent we could have literal crickets that would be cool. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so but the thing I like about Quantum Vibe is that um, it's like been going for a long time. So each you know each one is like it's uh, almost daily it looks and uh, or at least you know one or two a week and uh, it's like three to five panels long it's some pretty good stuff um, the three main characters that seem to be going all the way through it are um, Seamus oh oh goodness um, uh, Seamus O Mercada uh, Nicole Orain and an android who goes through the names uh, Veronica. Uh, Ventura, and then becomes Murphy. So it's pretty cool. It's I got a, look at it it's here, got a, and I think it's probably going to be something I'm going to end up having to archive binge. Damn you, Ben. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to. Uh-huh. Let's put it this way. I started reading it um, Monday, Sunday night. Sunday, Monday night. I'm at episode, I'm on um, strip. I've gone through like over 950, uh, 950 pages. <laughs> there are currently 2,106. It's funny so when, you, when you through. think of binging, you don't really think of uh, of, com- of comic or webcomic binging, but that's also a thing. I, I did that a bit with um, the uh, – oh, gosh, why am I drawing a blank? Help me out here. You know, it's the Giant in the Playground comic. Order of the Stick. Order of the Stick, yes, that's the one. Yeah, that's, that's a really good comic, too. There is a gnat in my room, and it keeps landing on my on my monitor and pissing me off. <laughs> that's so is that you, Ben? To, that's pretty much me because, you know, in Ben News um, – getting a new place, getting a better connection. So maybe able to do this on something other than my effing phone. I wouldn't object. But, Neither would uh, I. I, 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 also, you know, made. I also try not uh, to, to, to bitch about it. I was just saying there's a right. shameless joke to be made. You're referencing something that was an older thing. It could be been there, done that. <laughs> oh, I, well, I wanted, sorry, I, I just remembered a thing that I wanted to tell people about this idea that I had so that maybe... Somebody can make it so that I can buy it. I want a Bluetooth connected candlestick uh, phone s- setup. Um, so oh, a can- okay, a candlestick phone is the old school phone with two parts where you take the earpiece off and hold oh, it up that. while you. Okay, yeah. So what I would love would be a, a, a like a candlestick phone. So you know, with the base, with the with the mouthpiece, with the detachable earpiece that is Bluetooth enabled, so that. Uh, this would be perfect for like cosplayers or, or like you know steampunk cosplays. Like just a moment, I'm getting a call on my cellular phone, and you pull out this and you pull out the thing and be like, "Hello, yes," uh, <laughs> and that have it actually work. Idea I've ever heard in my yeah. life. Because I they they made they make uh, ThinkGeek for a, for a while before it got bought by GameSpot and then bought by Amazon and then dissolved into nothingness. Had a Bluetooth. <laughs> um, they they had a Bluetooth um like old school like payphone handset um thing. Oh, you, the, the, it plugs into your phone. 
Yeah, well, or, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it, it, they had a Bluetooth version, or they had one that just plugged into the headphone jack of your phone, which, you right. know, it was just the handset for an old-school phone. Um, right, I've seen those. It's it's the same basic principle. I just want one that's candlestick version. Yeah. Sorry, I I I, uh, I jumped on you there, Mike. What what do you got? That's no, all good. I don't really have a whole lot anyway. Um, <clears throat> I didn't really have anything too recent, so I just decided to kind of um highlight a couple things that we'll we'll touch on during the episode. So simulation games. Um, I have fond memories of playing um Baseball Simulator 1000 as a kid, which was a, a NES game, an original Nintendo game. The old Baseball Sim 1000. Yeah, it was like it was way ahead of its time. Actually, was it was it called 9000 for some reason? It was 1000. Baseball Sim 1000. It was 1000. I okay. I played the hell out of that with with my siblings. Um Oh man, we, that's funny. We have that we have that in common. I played the, mm-hmm. the shit out of that with my brother. We did uh we did an entire we we did an entire baseball season with three um with, with each of us making three custom teams um <laughs> non-powered because you got the power league and you got the non-power league we played non-powered uh for the for the the thing yeah. um and this is a this is a this is a long long ass take i was young my uh my custom name my custom team name was e jaffo 2 which doesn't make any sense but i was like five <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> okay, we mainly so Jaffo, <clears throat> Jaffo, E Jaffo two E J A P H O T W O. Okay, because Jaffo, the term uh, there, if you watch Blue Thunder, uh, there's a character they call Jaffo. Uh, don't don't go spoiling you, my childhood here, Ben. <laughs> I, 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 it was it was a nonsense word of word that literally meant nothing because a five year old randomly string strung letters together. Monkeys typewriter <laughs> Shakespeare got it. Uh, anyway, um, so yeah, baseball simulator one thousand. I um, I got better over time, but man, I was I was pretty young when that was. And my my brother is almost four years older than me, and he was so much better at the game than me that at one point he actually was like pushing the buttons with his toes and still winning. <laughs> That's the most I've ever been trounced in a video game in my entire life to this day. It was pretty. It was pretty nice. But yeah, what it was just a really interesting game is super ahead of its time. And uh, if anyone is like you know on a retro kick or anything, um, you should check that game out. I'm not sure if it's on the on the virtual console or whatever the hell it is on Nintendo these days. On the Wii U virtual console, but it's it's worth uh, it's worth a try. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure you could find a ROM of it that you would definitely delete within 24 hours because you are a good citizen. Uh, you could uh, apparently buy uh, if you go on Amazon, you can buy a used cart uh, card of it for only thirty dollars. <laughs> yeah, plus five dollars functional NES. Or or you know you got a Retron five. Anywho, uh, so yeah, Simulator One Thousand, Baseball Simulator One Thousand. Um, and then I guess the, the other thing I was going to, um, recommend was, um, for people that may not be particularly into simulation games or at least traditional simulation games, um, a way to split the difference would be, uh, the game Dead State or its sequel Dead State 2, uh, which are both on Steam if you're into the Steam thing, but they're on PC and consoles. And basically it's like a zombie, zombie apocalypse survival simulator like it's an actiony game where you're running around and doing like third person action stuff and whatnot but it's also very much a simulation game because it's like you're managing all this stuff it's uh you're managing like a whole like you know settlement um in the zombie apocalypse <laughs> like the immediate uh when it first goes down like think the beginning of the walking dead when it's like brand new and actually happening yeah 
so yeah, that's pretty much it. Just wanted to highlight those things. I didn't really have anything specific I was uh, into at the moment because I'm pretty sure I mentioned Space Force last time, which which right. was great. I binged pretty quickly that Space Force <laughs> show on Netflix. That was it. Sorry, I was trying to remember. Um, right. Sorry. Um, smiling base. The smiling. The, the the smiling baseball team was my was my favorite ultra team. And ah uh, yes, because <laughs> Boyd he could he ran so fast that you could steal home. Yeah, for people who don't know, you know, uh, you don't know what you're talking about. Batter. You you got to give your baseball players superpowers, so you'd have, like, a line drive that would, like, hit somebody's chest, and they'd go flying back into the very back of outfield, or you'd have, like, a pitch that became, like, a a cannonball that was, like, impossible to hit, and (laughs) all sorts of crazy shit like that, and, like, runners that were as fast as the Flash, almost craziness. That was... And and the thing was, Boyd had that without... without, uh, any superpowers he just ran like the friggin wind uh he had a run stat of 55 which goes up to 90 um but those are numbers yes um in in other nostalgic baseball games which it really isn't what we're talking about here um another really great nes baseball game was a game called base wars um where you had a team of robot baseball players um and anytime uh there was an interaction that would that should result in in an out um, you know, on the field, unless it was just someone catching you out, like, you know, someone tags you out at first. No, instead you go into a side, into a side, into a side, uh, scrolling fighting game, um, wherein you could have your, your robot beat up the, uh, the robot trying to tag him out and then not be caught out. I didn't actually play it, but I did see that. I remember seeing that on the internet and being very amused. It's, it's a fantastic game. You win by either having the most points at the end of nine innings, or by dis- or by or by blowing up. I think three of the opponent the, the opposing uh, robots. <laughs> so there was a, it was entirely viable to have a strategy based around being really good at fighting people and 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 winning fights at at second base instead of uh, anything else. It's like, hey, do you love baseball? But you wish that there is a lot more fighting in robots. Here's your game. <laughs> <sighs> However, sports games are kind of a different thing. Um, really, uh, we're, we're here to talk about uh, simulation games and uh, the sort of the delineation that, 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 I, that, that needs to be made here is that a simulation game is, is a very sort of it's, kind of, it's a very zen experience. Essentially, the point of the game is to play the game. You may have some basic light objectives of like, uh, you know, hit pop, hit, hit a population of certain number of people so that you can in your city or something so that you can unlock, you know, next building. But unlike, uh, you know, a sports simulator game where you're playing a sport. So your objective is to win the game or like, uh, a 4X game, like civilization, as much <laughs> as I love the Civ games, um, Ben brought them up uh, in pre-recording, but they're not really simulation. They're not really simulator games, even though there's a heavy uh, management uh, component because you're trying to, you know, you're trying to take over the world or get to space or, you know, be, be have the best religion or what have you. Um, you're trying to win as opposed to just playing the game for the sake of playing the game. Yep. So Sid Meier's the Civ guy, and that that reminds me of another game, Sid Meier's Pirates. Mm-hmm. Oh, got that one. Is I that, played that when it first came out. Yeah, it's like, is that really a simulation game? Not really. Or uh, Sid Meier's uh, Centauri. Which is basically like, you know, Civilization, the sequel. But, 
In space. Sid, Sid Meier, like Sid Meier's name is so ubiquitous. It was like, uh, you know how you see uh, there's all these shows and movies where it's like Marvel's fill in the blank. It was always like Sid Meier's fill in the blank. <laughs> yep. Right. Well, That's because well, there was there was actually a reason for that. Um, you could he couldn't copyright Civilization. Right? Ah, I see. I However, see. he could cap copyright Sid Meier's his Civilization. His own name, yeah. Makes sense. Well, and and in playing Civilization, yeah, you'd have di distinct goals. Likewise with Pirate. Mm -hmm, um, right. You know, because first of all, you were trying to avenge your family, so you had you know you could go yeah, on beyond right. that. Yeah, but you had, you know, various nobles and such that you had to defeat, um, <clears throat> you know. But pirates did increase my knowledge of the Caribbean. Mm -hmm. That's the other thing that's really cool about the Sid Meier games is that they're semi-educational. Uh, it's how we were, my, it, it was how we were able to get our get get our hands on a copy of Civilization II that I have installed on my computer to this day. Mm hmm I like Civ 2. That was the one I, I lost many, many hours on. <clears throat> um, my, my proudest accomplishment in Civ 2 um, was playing as the Russians, um, embracing communism, and having a point of corruption in Moscow. Um, here's the thing. Um, you, have, you, have, you, have a few different, um, you have a few different resources that cities generate. One of them is trade. Anti-trade is corruption. The city that is your capital is not supposed to be capable of having corruption um, when you are a, when you are a communist because that makes actual logical sense in the world, right? No, but um, but that's the rules of the game. However, I got my trade so high in Moscow that I could not actually have any more trade, so the game had to give me corruption. Okay, so my audio just cut out a little bit, but let me go ahead and finish my thought, and uh, I'll tell people what happened here later. But uh, So I had so much commerce in Moscow that the game overflowed and didn't know what to do with it. So even though corruption is not supposed to be cap possible in your capital city because your palace is there and it eliminates all corruption, I still had corruption. It was hilarious. Um, well, it's just art mirroring uh, life because Moscow, the Soviet Union, was the peak of corruption. It was so corrupt. Especially corruption. under communism, right. which was which was hilarious. But right. Um, as to why my audio cut out, we use uh, we use a bot named Craig to uh, record the podcast remotely, and uh, he died last night. We're actually recording this on two separate nights now. Yeah, but he only he only, he only Mr. Peanut died. Like, he didn't die, die. He's back. Right, he just got planted in the ground and sprouted. I mean, for again. a little bit, when the developer was fixing things, he actually called the bot son of Craig. So, <laughs> um, because, like, apparently Discord changed some settings, and it broke the bot Craig across all of Discord. Um, my heart goes so out to everybody who got screwed over last night. Right. So, so we're actually going to talk uh, about Sim games. <laughs> right, actual Sim well, did we get to the spoiler of the week last night? Yeah, I think we did. That uh, so and so was a genius. Yeah, Will Wright is a genius. Right, that's the one. Yes, we did. Ha ha. We did. We did not. not. We just got it. Got not to it now. Yes. You say so and so. <clears throat> so, um, like I said, I've been uh, the, the what what brought this to my what what brought this to the forefront of my mind was I picked up City Skylines, which is it's it's Sim City, um, mm -hmm. except. Not the most recent SimCity released by EA. His EA bought Maxis, and then um, Maxis kind of started sucking because 
EA does that to small to small development development houses. EA effect. That's what I documented. EA buys company, sucks all the talent out of it, and then typically dissolves it and destroys it. Um, kind of like it's like the Galactus of game developers. Kind They're of publishers. The They're board publishers. of so, so And this is right after me having said very high praise things about how uh, how they uh, did things with uh, with the remnants of Westwood Studios and uh, the Command and Conquer re-release, but uh, so they sometimes get that, it right. Those were, those were many moons ago, yeah. right? So Sim City um, was one of the first Sims that I played. What was Friend City? Sim City. Sim that City. That makes a lot more sense. I've never heard of Friend City. <laughs> But um, I think yeah, Friend City is just pretty... Animal Crossing, <laughs> right? <laughs> Which is another good yep. sim game, actually. It's a life simulator, but it's a sim game, right? Well, so, and um, Sim City, what platform did you play it on, Ben? PC, Super Nintendo over here. Yep, um, right. that was that was where I first ex- uh, encountered it, and also just a brief aside, Sim City for the Super Nintendo is the only game that I have ever wa- sat down and watched my dad play for hours. <laughs> he completely filled the Starter Island uh, like tutorial level. Didn't realize it was a tutorial level. Got kind of irritated that um, he couldn't expand more, but uh, he, had, he had built a city to, that covered the entire map. <laughs> and then we had Bowser destroy it all. Yeah, because instead of Godzilla, it's Bowser in the Nintendo version. Yep. Plus, if you, you get your uh, city to, like, 500,000 people, you get a special statue of Mario as one of the gifts of the special mm-hmm. placement. He had that. So, yeah. Yeah, SimCity was, was a good one. You know, you had to reset your tax rates and things like that. It was That was an interesting thing. It was mm-hmm. a good It was a good uh, resource and time management game. Yep. Although I, I did, yeah, go ahead. Huh? Although, yep. um... I did still feel like Civilization was was you know a more fun game for me because mm-hmm. SimCity at a certain point you're just sitting there watching it you know. <laughs> well, I mean that that that's kind of where the 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 breaking point from a from a four X game to a simulation game. With some simulation games, you're right. Eventually, you just get to the point where you're kind of just watching it and tweaking it slightly and things along those lines, and mm-hmm. that can be fun in its own right, but. Uh, you know, some people like that, some people don't. Like, sim games have always been a niche market. Um, yeah. However, members of that niche are willing to pay through the nose. Right. Um, for a uh, for for a uh, an example, um, the game Train Simulator 2020 <laughs> on Steam um, has 586 pieces of DLC. With an average cost to those uh, DLC pieces, some more, some less, obviously. So we're at we're taking kind of the average looking looking at things of nineteen dollars and ninety nine cents. This means that if you wish to buy Train Simulator and every single one of its DLC expansion uh, pieces, you have to pay the upfront. Twenty nine ninety nine for the game, and then eleven thousand four hundred seven hundred and fourteen dollars and fourteen cents for the DLC. That's just insane. <laughs> yes, it is. Now, obviously, no one does that. The thing is, you you can pick like the DLC is like different train lines and train bodies. So I, I you, you you buy the thing that you want. Right. But well, it makes sense still. Because, uh... 
know, people that would do the model trains would get fucking crazy with that stuff in the analog world. You know, it's all the true. money and time and stuff. In a way, it's just a continuation of that in the digital world. It's very yeah. true. I'm just, it, it's still just like, you want to talk about the niche, but also how much, like, people are, like, will buy into the niche. That's not particularly atypical. Farm Simulator also has a crap ton of DLC. City Skylines has a crap ton of DLC. I When I bought the thing, I got, I think, what, it was like 11 pieces of DLC, and oh man, do I not have all of it. Um, right. And oh man, will I not buy all of it either, because there's so much. Right. Um, well, and the same thing when you get into, you know, you get into the sim of all sims, uh, you know, the sims. I mean, you could spend hundreds of dollars on the DLC on that fucker. It's true. Um, I've got which sims game do I have? Do, 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 do. Give me a second here. Searching my Steam library. I think I've spent about $120 on the Sims 3 and a few of the in the and the expansions that I own. Right. I never got and, into See, I think I spent well. Yeah. I spent I spent about oh twenty or thirty dollars on on that, uh, but you know I have the pandemic version, so yeah. and let's also not forget that um, that uh, what you call it. Um, there's also a gigantically huge, ridiculous modding community. So um, yeah, that was like, the next thing I was going to bring up. Mm-hmm. All these game communities are going are very um, what is word um, dedicated mod heavy. Dedicated, yeah, because there are people who will make entire communities uh, from their, you know, with their Sims stuff, and it's gotten to the point where, um, oh, even even uh, Fallout, you know, which has kind of added its own little Sim element to it in Fallout Four, um, you know, if you notice, um, is much the same. Mm-hmm. You, know, you have a strong modding community. You've got thousands of files. You know, some more or less saturated than others. <laughs> so, just the internet. I, I mean, you know, just yeah. The, if, if it exists, there's a porn of it. Um, yeah, rule thirty-four. You know, I'm not sure if there is of uh, of uh, like SimCity and such. The SimCity game that I spent the most time with, because pretty much mm-hmm. everyone who started a Sim game, who started with, uh, who started to, who started with a Sim game, at least of our collective general generation. Mm-hmm. And obviously, yes, Ben. Obligatory, obligatory. Ben is older than us. Joke, but um, <laughs> that's better than Ben is old. I'll take it. Yeah, but still, like we are of, we are of roughly commensurate gaming generations. Um, mm-hmm. Just that Ben saw gaming sort of begin, uh, but ga- but all yeah, of us have been have been around gaming since the eight bit era, essentially, mm-hmm. um, which is very very young in the history of uh, of. Gaming. Actual right. gaming, yeah. Yeah, because the history of gaming is only like 30 years old. <laughs> so, well, 40. Um, everyone pretty much of our generation started with Maxis games, uh, which is goes back to Will Wright is a genius because Will Wright made Maxis, made SimCity, mm-hmm. made a crap ton of money, and then made other Sim mm-hmm. games. Um, SimCity yeah, 2000 was my, was my big game. They're all really intuitive. That was the thing. Like you didn't have to really yeah. think. C- City Skylines has, has proved proven a little dip, trickier for me because like it's a little bit heavier in the simulate in, in like the realism of the simulation. Mm-hmm. So like 
I mean, and that's good if you like that sort of thing, but uh, sometimes you, you also just want to build a city, right? Some city would uh, would <laughs> would result in ridiculously impossible cities because, like, <laughs> the rules of the game were so like simplistic in the approach, where it's like, oh, there's too much uh, there's too much pollution, so just surround the industrial area and parks, and that magically reduces the pollution. Yeah, it's like the and it makes perfect yeah, the parks sense. Just become this... people would want to go out from their homes to go to a park that is right next to a giant fuck off factory. Yeah, sure, that makes uh, sense. <laughs> well, to a certain extent, that's actually semi realistic. Uh, the the develop the, the development of art of of uh, of sort of um, cultivated and 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 uh and controlled agricultural districts next to indu- industrial districts does actually help to cut down on pollution um, i know there's a baseline like a very crude science there that they're just referencing but like in practice it, it made for some pretty ridiculous cities that's true this is true you're, you're not wrong Same i'm just saying it's like it's not it entirely like, unrealistic like, it's just oh, mostly ra- unrealistic like railroads <laughs> uh, railroads um mean less pollution than um than roads and uh they, they cost twice as much and mm-hmm. you know, i would just do like my entire effing city and nothing but railroads <laughs> it's just one right yeah you can do it all in roads when uh See, i did yeah, i did mine entirely in railroads when yeah. i first set it up in in sim city 2000 i did my entire city in walking paths and subways See, that was yeah also i used hydroelectric power so i was very i was very uh environmentally friendly back even even back in the day <laughs> and now i drive a prius <laughs> so and you know and, and sim city was one of the first ones because you were de- dealing with such a large environment you know you didn't mm-hmm. it wasn't you doing one person it was you controlling thousands of people so yep and i think that was a big part of it <clears throat> i think another you know, big what... part of of sim city's uh success mm-hmm. was the ability to trigger disasters yeah sure. Yeah, it's like shaking up an anthill. I mean, yeah, like that, that, that appeals that, to people of all ages. Build, building a city right. is fun, and you know, making it run nice is good. But uh, doing that, saving the game, and then hitting it with you know Bowser with, with Bowser, Godzilla? a flood, tornadoes, and a fire right. all at once. It's like um, when you build a uh, build a Lego or a toy fort with a sibling, and then you just smash it like giant kaiju monsters yeah. because oh, you're all, yeah do it before you put it away yeah, yeah. If, if if you had to take it apart yeah we like yeah. my sibs and i when we were playing with legos because that's kind of the original sim game right there um original minecraft is uh we uh like we we, we would build things and leave them at, like we we would build you know building cities island paradises etc but we would leave them out for a while because we had the space for it um, right. we had kind of a, 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 a playroom in most of the places that we lived. Um, and things would, st- and the toys would stay in there because heaven help your feet. If the Legos got in the living room, heaven help your ass. If your parents stepped on them. That too. <laughs> I mean, it comes down to that, <laughs> you know, if once, once um, a parent stepped on Lego, Oh man, it was, you know, hell on earth. <laughs> I will. Uh, the, the uh, there's another sim, uh, sim game that I played a lot of, and I wonder if if either of you had an interaction with um, the Caesar games, specifically Caesar Three. Mm, I'd seen it, hadn't had any actual interaction on it. They're quite. It, Caesar Three <clears throat> is a um, 
is is the only Caesar game I've played. I'll I'll mm-hmm. say, but it was it's a lot of fun. Essentially, you're in charge of building an ancient Roman city, right? Um, <laughs> you're not actually Caesar. Typically, you are a governor beholden to Caesar because um, there have been times when that one of the because you you play some like various scenarios in that game. It has almost mm-hmm. kind of like a story mode. Um, mm-hmm. It's like you need to you you need to get the population of this city up or. You need to collect a bunch of taxes because this city owes money, and if you don't, the legionnaires are going to come and kill you. So you have some uh, you have some incentive. Yeah. To, uh... What was what was really kind of funny was um, at least in one of those uh, world one of those uh, games that I played, um, mm-hmm. I borrowed a bunch of money from Caesar to build up my own military force, mm-hmm. and every time Caesar sent the legionnaires to collect on my on my loan. I sent out my own legionnaires to kill to uh, just kill the other legionnaires and say no. <laughs> Kick their ass, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like no, our our city's standing army Fuck says you. screw you, Empire. <laughs> right. <laughs> thanks for thanks for the money. Now go away. <laughs> right. Thanks for money. I used it to hire all these mercenaries. <laughs> so then, of course, we get to the ultimate sim game. I guess, or you know, and. We're trying to stay away from Axis, but The Sims. I mean, that's the one that, uh, to me, was my biggest introduction to actual. We're not trying to stay away from Axis. Yeah, that was the one. We're yeah, trying not so to focus, focus solely on the no. Although they kind of cornered the market, so yeah, they did. Up, they up really until did. up until like the last ten or fifteen years, if you wanted to play a Sim game, mm-hmm. it was a Maxis game. Yep. So yeah, that's that's the thing. But yeah, and you know, we we kind of touch on. This. The Sims has a tremendous modding community. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, it's huge. Um, and it's, I think, that to me, the thing about it is it makes it so very personal because you have your Sim that is you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have access to all the things for your Sim. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it is time It is time management, but it's also very much, you know, as, as it gets more and more, when they added in uh, motivations mm-hmm. and things like that, you know, in the in the later games, when they or they tweak that system a little more, so it was not just hunger, thirst, got to go to the bathrooms, and you know, and energy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that the, but I mean, it is amazing. It's just like the it's just like the Truman Show. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Except you control everything. Yeah, you're not just watching it happen; you're controlling it as it mm-hmm. happens. So, I, I mean, invariably ended up making uh, Sims that were uh, effectively. Coke fueled artists. Um, <laughs> they never slept because they drank enough coffee that it that it uh, that it replenished their energy. Because that's as close right. as you can get to having them do cocaine. Um, <laughs> at least right. without yeah, a mod. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Of course, they probably have cocaine. Oh yeah, um, I'm sure that there is a mod that that in, that introduces hard drugs. Um, yeah. I we I didn't have much of a of a modded Sims two or Sims three, but yeah, they drink yeah. a bunch coffee from their super espresso maker and then um because i always ran a family the wife was a, was a novelist and the husband was mm-hmm. a painter, and they never left the house was they didn't actually have mm-hmm. jobs and they never slept right and that the kids like well, see, i always have my minds that's like the fly but with the married couple. well see i was <laughs> right i was I would still have mine sleep because then there's also woohoo if you've got a husband and wife. Well, yeah, you um, can you can definitely have them, you know, woo. Um, right. 
and where do they think those babies came from? But um, right, yeah, they actually, Although, because they, they they always had kids. Mm-hmm. Eventually, yeah, yeah. And see, I always did it where I was either single and a novelist, and now in the new Sims Four, oh my God, you can make a boatload of money as a novelist. I mean, my novelist, uh, I had one, you know, had one character who was a novelist, um, and she makes more money at a as a novelist than the uh than her spouse does at the top of his career well i mean that 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 was something you do in in two and three just typically the first couple three novels didn't sell very Mm -hmm. well right well in this one and in in four um you start self-publishing and then you publish and then you can uh then you can submit to literary digest so there there's levels to it and you know of course there's always the bestseller and things like that but yeah as you and after a certain point, if you get your writing high enough, you can crank out two or three novels a day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the thing that's about, realistic. Right, exactly. Well, the thing about Sims 4 is that the um, um, thing about Sims 4 is that the, uh, um, oh, well, now I forgot what I was saying. Um, oh, is that your, your royalties start falling off after a certain point. After so long, you stop getting royalties on that. I think that's the same in 3. Um, in three, you didn't really get residual royalties. You sold the book, and then after a couple, three days, uh, you got your book sold well. Here's how much money it makes you over the life of uh, over the life of its sales. Because mm. I recall it, it uh, popping up uh, where you would actually make a certain amount per day or per week. I ha- I'll, I'll admit I haven't played uh, three in a, in a few day in a few days in, in actually about a year. So maybe I'm remembering wrong. I know that was definitely the case at two. Right. So I played the hell out of uh, out of The Sims two in college. Right. Let's see here. One second. Writing career. There we go. Because it wasn't a career. It was just a write novel. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And you could now in four, you actually have to be in the right mood to write, which I hate. But um, because yeah, you can't just write a romance novel. You actually have to be in a flirty mood in order to. you know, in order to do it. That sounds um, odd. See here. Yeah. We have to be focused or something like that, you know. Um, all right. That's what we'll be talking about, Doctor Who. Uh, I haven't played a single one of the games. I mean, I'm aware of them tangentially, but. Well, I was about to say, you you, you, uh, you mentioned in pre-recording that you played a bunch of Sim Ant, which I have no, uh, which I have, I have no, re- so I figure, I figure we'll give you a chance here to. To, yeah, that'll be to do what we're doing to you. Cement, um, <laughs> <laughs> baby. Right. I'll dial okay, this so the yeah, your royalties, your royalties you can earn in Sim Three. Um, you can get royalties when on each chapter, but then you get uh, royalties for six weeks every Sunday. <laughs> I did not remember that. Let's let let's let Mike yeah. talk about Cement now, because I I played a little. I I remember being very confused by Cement and then giving up on it. So. <laughs> But did you did you play it on PC or on Super Nintendo? Super Nintendo. Oh, okay. Well, um, it's funny you mention that because I remember I got I played Simant on Super Nintendo when I was a kid. I um, I rented the game, you know, back when there were game rental places, physical stores that you would rent games out. Oh, what an amazing concept! <laughs> but anyway, mm-hmm. um, the uh, I uh, when I a while like several years after that, I saw like. Like a like a Sim Classic or Maxis Classic or whatever thing. I was like Sim Ant for PC. I'm like, holy crap! I remember this game. I'll bet this is a lot of fun. And I fired it up on PC and I'm like, 
this looks different and worse and is confusing and I don't like it. And I barely played it. <laughs> but the Super Nintendo version was fantastic. I don't know. I thought they did a really good job. But of course, that was also back in the day when you had full, thorough, uh, full-colored um, instruction manuals. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the game itself actually had like a tutorial system. It had like a little like information section and stuff. It was actually uh, pretty good for its time. But yeah, basically Sim Ant... Um, you manage uh you manage an ant colony and there's like there's a quick game where you can just like um do a uh do like one patch of the yard they had like the the yard like in uh like a little square patches of territory so basically you're in a suburban yard and um there's the quick game where you just try to like you're you're the black ants are trying to defeat the red ants and take over the uh the, the patch over the yard <laughs> but on the um and then there's the various hazards, uh, humans walking by and spiders and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But the uh, so I guess the analogy I'd use would be like playing like a football game like Madden or something. You could hop in and play a quick game or you could do an entire franchise. And so like the full game is you're trying to take over all of the squares of the yard and then actually make your way inside the house and then uh, battle the mm-hmm. battle the red ants for supremacy of the house as well and take over so much of the house that actually runs the owners out of their house. So that's like the meta <laughs> game there. <clears throat> so it's pretty crazy when you get inside the house because like instead of the normal terrain, you have like you have like a shoe on the ground and like, uh, like crumbs of food and just like all the you know have carpet instead of grass and stuff. And it just looked it was just super weird compared to the normal <laughs> background mm-hmm. you're used to. But I don't know the game is like the game is really uh, charming and whimsical, I guess you could say. And at the same time, mm-hmm. it's it's uh, it's very educational, just like you know many sim games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I don't know as uh, as a kid, I thought ants were the coolest insects, and um, I had an ant farm at one point, <laughs> and I just really thought ants were cool. And um, so then I tried the game, and the game was just a legit good game as well. Um, and so basically, the way it works is. You manage an ant colony, but you also get to like you get to select an individual ant and have that ant be you. So it's kind of like your sim, and you know, it's like you mm. become that ant, and then that ant uh, becomes like a little larger and is yellow instead of black, so you can tell that that's your ant. And so you'll like explore around and like you'll gather food and bring it back to the to the colony. And there's also like um, the base management thing of where you actually dig out the spot for your colony, so you have to like think about how you want to lay it out because you want to have like you want to have enough space but you don't want to dig too deep and have the flooding of the water come up and stuff like if oh. the human starts the humans start um you know watering the lawn if you dig too deep then the water might flood everything mm-hmm. you got to make sure you have a spot for the the queen to like lay the to lay the to lay the eggs yeah the eggs and do like the whole you have like the percentage of your ants they're like okay these are these are like nursing ants that help with the with the the breeding that the queen has and you have to have a percentage of soldiers that defend the colony and go out and attack the other ants and so you're like managing the numbers of the ants and then you know the the base itself and like and it's go... an oddly compelling game <laughs> it's very compelling so like you'll go out and it's like okay you're low on food so like you go out and you you're like okay i can see on my map that there's like a good source of food over here so you'll see like a caterpillar and then you'll like do your little ant colony it's like it's like you're blowing a whistle like in gym class and then all these ants come in and they're like and they swarm and they're all like they're all swarming mm-hmm. around the uh, you, caterpillar and eventually it dies and then it, yeah. you know there's a little animation a little noise and the little message comes up like hey congratulations you killed the you defeated the caterpillar blah 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 and then you do like a 
like an unsummoned thing. It's like we, and they all like grab their little respective ball of food and then scatter and head back to the the nest to to tuck the food away. <laughs> you, you can you get were, a piece of food right. yourself. Yeah, and I want to I want to just briefly interrupt. I'll I'll let you I'll, I'll give you the floor back here real quick. But you remind me of a really funny thing that I ran across um, during the pandemic. There was a Facebook group page that was dedicated to everybody acting like ants in a colony. Um, hmm. Oh yeah. Look look it up sometime. It's hilarious. Uh, but i remember the spiders um for a couple of reasons um first they're just they're they're relatively massive and then um they would be like you know they're a trickier enemy it was more dangerous than the caterpillars and they would take you know they would take more uh more of a licking before you defeat them but of course then they provide you more food as well and the little right. like uh, little message would come up and i had like a picture of the the spider with like all the legs curled up as it's dead and it would be like congrats congratulations to the victor goes who to the victor goes lunch who wants a leg like i to this day i remember <laughs> word for word the little message that would come up because i played that damn game so much and uh mm. and it was really gross if like if you were unlucky or uh like you caught their attention before you got your swarm of ants in if it actually like targeted you and, and hit you it would make this it would eat you and it would make this really gross like squish, squish, noise is it just like tore your body apart <laughs> and oh, you have like a like noise that you know that your that your your aunt died and then like you would cut to the colony and it would have like a new ant get born like you'd see like the like the stage of the like pupa or whatever and it would like you know it would it would pop out and become a new ant and it would be yellow and stuff <laughs> it's just a really weird awesome game and um I remember taking oh. over most of the yard um it uh, <laughs> got pretty tricky when you got inside the house but yeah, another thing about it was that was cool is um, not only did you have to you know create your own nest, design it, uh, manage it, um, defend it, and whatnot, but then there would be the part where like you've been steadily like storing up your food and expanding your nest and making your ant colony bigger and stuff, and like when you feel like it's kind of like an RTS in that sense where it's like okay, I feel like I've got enough forces marshaled that I'm ready to do the big attack, you know. So then you would you would go in, you would find uh, you'd find the the hole that goes to uh, the enemy nest. You'd find the the hole going into their anthill, and you know there'd be this the strategy there. You'd like you'd have to navigate, you want to navigate through kind of ninja style, and not get uh, not get detected mm -hmm. by the enemy, and then call them in at the right time and swarm them. And the objective, of course, was to uh, get in there and swarm the queen because you can kill the queen then they can't reproduce anymore then it's just a matter of mopping up mm -hmm. um so that was cool yeah. too because you you led assaults against the uh against the enemy ant colonies and i remember mm -hmm. um when you first start you have like this little like when you expand to a new square of the yard uh you'd have the little breeder ants the little ants with wings and stuff and you had like you know the initial little setup it's kind of like in command and conquer how you start out and you have the mcv and it unfolds into the main base you know <laughs> a mobile construction vehicle so yeah it's just uh it's a really weird fun game and, you know i highly recommend it at least the super nintendo version i'm sure you can get around the uh <laughs> the group i was mentioning by the way is literally called a group where we all pretend to be ants in an ant colony <laughs> And it has 1,923,991 members. Good God. <clears throat> you can't actually see the posts unless you join the group, but there are a few, uh, there are a number of, uh, of news outlets that covered it, including NBC News. <laughs> Super weird. So this one, technically, I've got another one. It's a, it's a really uh, obscure indie one. Um, 
called it's technically survival, but it has it has a really strong um, sim you know sims quality to it called Project Zomboid. It's basically the Sims during a during a zombie apocalypse um, <laughs> because you have to manage your hunger, um, your, your emotional state, you know, hunger, thirst. You have to acquire food. There's no jobs because, you know, everybody's a zombie. Mm-hmm. But it also takes into account things like boredom. Um, if you, you know, go too long, you're not, not doing anything, you get bored and that's the mood effect. Um, and <clears throat> if you're well-fed, you can carry more, you know, things like that. Um, also... <laughs> Is the only game I've seen where smoking can afford, can alleviate boredom. That's that's accurate. <laughs> smoking does help to alleviate boredom. It's one of the reasons people but, smoke. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you know, it's it's one of those things. It's the only. It's very realistic. And um, I'm looking zombie, at it, it. It's it's really much. It's very much a just The Sims with zombies. So it's The Sims. Mm-hmm, it really is. With the zombie pack in, installed too, theoretically. Um, mm-hmm. Just with more chance of well i mean if we've played the sims everyone who's played the sims has uh has made the swimming pool and then remo- removed all exits to the swimming pool to drown your his the, your sims right or burn down it's the like house that. or damage the microwave you. yeah i mean and the thing yeah, is, is with this very good at climbing are they they can't find well, their way yeah, no, when there's climbing. no ladder how do you get out of the how do you get out of the pool it doesn't it doesn't work mm-hmm. so <laughs> with this one this one, it's almost designed to try to kill you. Uh, because, for instance, you can start a fire by leaving the stove on. You have to turn the stoves on and off. <laughs> yeah, it's a little more, um, this is a little more pseudo-realistic, you know, except for the zombies. Mm-hmm. Well, and the opening screen, you know, it's like, you know, it, the end had come. You know, um, the world had ended and it ends. This is how you died. <laughs> because eventually, yeah, you can get diseases and die of them. You can get the zombie disease. Um you can, um, you know, you have to get food, you have to, and you can only carry so much and there are no vehicles. So, yeah, it gets weird, you know. Except um, for the no vehicles part, it kind of sounded like the Oregon Trail for a second. Yeah, it's funny it, it because there's is. a zombie well, version. Actually, they just the introduced Trail. vehicles into the game. Like O-R-G-A-N, the Oregon Trail. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, they just, yeah, and they're constantly introducing new stuff. It's been a while since I've played. Um, but guns, while very effective, are very effective at, at attracting zombies, so you don't want to use them very often. Mm-hmm. Because noise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my favorite my favorite weapon was a fucking crowbar or an axe. I, well, I've always said the... that if that uh, I will uh, what you call it um, that my my one of my main um, one of my main weapons come the zombie apocalypse is going to be a very long steel crowbar mm-hmm. um, because I mean. Bludgeoning is really probably the best way to deal with zombies if you're gonna be up close. You really don't want to be up close, but probably right. the best method. And crowbars are just so darn useful. Right. You can pry things yep. open. You can remove Break nails. Uh, yeah, it's like mm-hmm. it's like a and, zombie killing Swiss Army knife. Yeah. The the mm-hmm. my my whole my my entire operational zombie plan is based off of being is, is based off of remaining. Mostly pretty light mm-hmm. and and optimizing for utility and coming out to my place. Well, yeah, but you're moving, so I don't know about that anymore. Hey, I'm gonna be having. I'm gonna. My place is gonna be bigger and it's gonna be closer to you. Yeah, but you're gonna be closer to the urban center. One of the one of the uh, one of the attractive things about your place where it is right now is it's out in the middle of friggin' nowhere. <laughs> this is this is true, but that's one of the yeah. that's one of the detractors too because my internet sucks. But <clears throat> no place so, we're wrong. Okay. We're still on the other side of forty four. 
I doubt we're gonna. I doubt that that in in case of the zombie apocalypse, people are gonna care much about internet. This is true, but like I said, we're still out. We're still outside of outside of the the bulk of town. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> but uh, yeah, Project Zomboid. Uh, it's my my friend Kyle um, introduced me to it, and he still plays it from time to time. And the thing is, is you start off either as unemployed or you have eight other professions that have um, you know that have perks and and uh, you know and and uh, flaws that can make you better or worse at things you know so and you can learn skills you have to construct things so it's it's very very survival based mm-hmm. but it's also a sim game because yeah you're yeah. trying to you're trying to stay alive but yeah and, and you also the zombies in that game they're romero style zombies but they will break windows to get to you i never understood why zombies don't break windows in more like uh you know, like or from a realistic standpoint, because yeah. I mean, they don't care, they they don't feel pain. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's, why it's would they? Yeah. To them. yeah, you got a yeah. lot of them, and it's not there's nothing special about the window. You think it break pretty easily, pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, and they do it. They'll crawl in. They'll crawl in. See, for me, the worst part is going into a building and finding these cramped little rooms. Yeah. Because it takes two or three shots to kill a zombie with that in that game. So yeah, you don't want to get sworn by zombies. For me, the best tactic to fighting a group of zombies is to hit one, you know, beat the crap out of it, move a little ways, string them out, run up on another, hit it, kill it, move back a little ways, string them out a little bit, hit another one, basically just slowly string them along until you kill them all. Standard kiting kiting procedure from from MMOs. Yep. So, yep, don't fight fight a horde, fight them one at a time. Mm -hmm. The journey of, uh, of a thousand zombie hordes begins with a single zombie, something like that. Yeah, with a single skull split. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a single bludgeon. Right? A single blue. So you're talking about zombies and stuff. There, there's so many different types. I think it's funny that zombie simulator is its own subgenre now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there you go. Um, there's so many weird categories of simulator now, and some of them are tongue-in-cheek at first, and then they actually become a whole thing, like goat simulator, goat for example. Simulator. <laughs> right. Which I mean, the it, farming simulator. Yeah. Because right. one of the also... adverti- advertised benefits of Goat Simulator is thousands of bugs. Thousands of bugs. Yes, and they're talking about programming bugs, like that. Right. Literally, like they're they're advertising about how bug ridden the game is. <laughs> so there's a there's another one, truck uh, truck driving simulator. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have specific types, like uh, like your like European truck simulator. There's like very, there's like yeah. specific there's subgenres of subgenres. Like yep. it's, it's like a right. it's like an inception kind of deal going on. Right. Yeah. Various there, there, uh, there are... farm simulator games. There's some games yeah. that have simulator in the title, the but they're not really like a traditional simulator per se, like a uh, tabletop simulator. I mean, like, yes, I guess you could say it's simulating a physical tabletop, but that's really kind of more of a game collection sandbox thing at that point. Yeah, right. but the, 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 the thing about tabletop simulator is it's not a, it, it, it's, it is, it's really more of an, it, it really a more apt name for, for tabletop simulator would be tabletop emulator. Right. Um, because that's what it what it seeks to do is provide as close to a realistic tabletop experience you can digitally. Right. That's, right. More, that's more like a uh, that's more like a model of something as opposed to a simulation. Like if you make a replica right. or a model of something, I, you know, you don't really call that a simulation. Yeah, it's a recreation. Right. And Goat sim- Simulator is only very r- roughly a simulator too. It's really more of a let, let let let's let's do let, 
it's an, it's an insanity simulator more than anything else. Uh. <laughs> and there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of business simulators too. Like I remember, uh, my brother was obsessed with this game called Aerobiz. Like maybe a couple years ish after SimCity, where you manage an airline. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you see a lot. Of, you know, you have all the stuff from like the big crazy like giant corporations all the way down to like lemonade stands and root beer stands and stuff like that. And um, <laughs> kind of all over the place. Um, <laughs> our from fr- lemonade stands to the biggest businesses in the world. Our listeners across the pond, and there are, and according to uh, to website analytics, there's more than a few of you. Um, would probably get mad at me if I don't mention uh, if if I don't mention uh, football management simulator games. Oh yeah, wow. Which is yeah, yeah and, and keep in mind I'm talking football, which is football you know soccer. Be here, here, here to here to the the, the stupid Americans uh, association football. Um, <laughs> yeah, so. but uh, there there is a there is there are it, it's very popular in in uh, at least from what I can tell, given that I've not been there. But it I it gets talked a lot on many YouTube channels I, I watch that are based in uh, in the UK uh, talking about. Football management sim- so you so essentially it's a game where you are the manager of a soccer team. You don't actually play any soccer. All you do is oversee is oversee your your uh, your players' training and salaries and. <laughs> well, that's a whole other that's a whole other genre in and of itself. Um, right. Like like fantasy. Uh, fantasy sports leagues, fantasy football leagues, and baseball leagues, yeah. and everything else. And it's not really it's, right. it's, a, it's a simulation in a sense, but it's it's like you said, it's a simulation of yeah. like more like you know just the numbers and like well, yeah, unlike probabilities as opposed yeah. to an actual like visual representation of stuff. Unlike unlike baseball simulator one thousand, which we talked about earlier, right. which is a sports game. Um, the the games I'm talking about are management sims. You don't actually even watch the games. Right. You just get reported right. as to the outcomes of the games. Right. There's some games that are like um, different genres, but will use simulations within them. Like, like some of the Total War games. You know, like you don't have to fight every single battle yourself. You can just simulate the outcome. Mm-hmm. So there's right. there's things where it'll kind of uh, lead into particular genres. Yeah. <clears throat> well, and uh, what was I thinking too in terms of sports simulators? Um, I've seen advertisements for like sword making simulators. Yeah, those are like like if you're talking about like the the mobile games. Yeah. Those yeah, are they're, they're not they're... particularly accurate, really. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean that's the thing is they're, they're it's getting down to where there are simulations of simulations of simulations. You know. Mm-hmm. And you, uh, you also have some games that um, <clears throat> I guess you could call them war simulators. They're not art. They're mm-hmm. not. They're not. His, they're not just regular RTSs. They're more like, um, like, hey, this this is a theater of war for World War Two, and like mm-hmm. you get you play a side yeah. and see how the campaign unfolds, and like it's you're managing the big picture, like like the uh, you know the whole um, the whole cliche or trope of generals in a war room pushing around things with their little sticks kind of like they're gathering crap dice or something you know that yep. kind of that mm-hmm. stuff that's basically what you're doing you're like okay you're not looking at it's not like call of duty or battlefield where you're up close you just like you're seeing little flags and mm-hmm. little markers and stuff it's, and it's, it's like yeah. computerized risk except yeah, there's yeah, way computer- more tables i know what you're talking about a very specific kind of risk yeah yeah <laughs> Right. And there used to be an art of war, but that wasn't so much a simulator as a strategy game. 
because it was based on Sun Tzu's Art of War. It was an old, old game back in the day. Well, that's fitting then, seeing how old that yeah. book is. Right? Of course, game... Okay, so my absolute first simulation game isn't actually a simulation game. It was Flight Simulator. Oh, Flight Sims, We I'm surprised we haven't even talked about because, man... Yeah. Basically, if um, there's a vehicle, then there's a sim of it. Right. Yeah. The first... the first. Okay, so this is... This is, you know, reinforcing the Ben is old thing. Uh, the first PC I ever got was a IBM. Uh, didn't have a mouse. You had to load up, you know, the you had to load up the the disk in the thing in order for it to run. You had to type run, uh, you know, in DOS. Colon backslash run. I'm, I'm yeah. old enough to remember and, those days. Yeah. Right. Well, this was playing playing Lemmings in DOS. Oh yeah, good yeah. times. Yeah. See, this was in 19. This was before 1986. Um, mm-hmm. you know, before mouse, before the mouse was was part of the uh, of the computer. Um, and yeah, you were basically you know playing. It was a, it was mostly a Piper Cub that you were trying to you know fly. But there was a war, uh, World War Two, World War One simulator. We were trying to shoot down other biplanes. Um, and landing was a pain in the ass. Let me tell you, just like in real life. <laughs> yeah, I remember very primitive flight sims and like space flight sims and stuff right at the yeah, time it was like you... you know easy to be impressed by basic graphics it was like ooh, this looks like oh, a starry yeah. landscape how cool <laughs> right and then like you know enough time yeah. passes in the screensaver of something like that is more impressive than the game itself right well and the one of the one of my best games with that uh i was basically my plane was just shot to shit and if you landed in, and uh, landed on your uh, on your base, it was like a big, you know, like a helipad. Um, then you know everything was repaired, and you got all your, you know, you got your guns refilled and everything because you, you didn't have infinite bullets. So my gun shot to shit. I got a, I got a, uh, you know, I got a, an, an enemy biplane behind me, and I practically fall out of the air, coast across the, uh, coast across my base. <coughs> Damn that. Um, coast across my base, which repairs my plane, re- restores my bullets, and basically take off and do a loop and shoot the shoot the plane that's trying to uh, trying to kill me down. <laughs> so I was like, yeah. Oh, I think my earphones are dying because I got a. That's a shame. Mm-hmm. The, uh, one of the game, one of the types of games that uh, that you were referring to earlier, Mike, um, the one that I'd heard of um, is actually a World War One game called Commander: The Great War. Um, uh-huh. and essentially here, have world war one, fight it. Yep. And I hope you enjoy micromanaging supply lines. <laughs> right. Yeah. Enjoy it's, what? It takes a special Mic- micromanaging supply lines. It takes a special oh, skill God. to take yeah. the, the biggest wars in the history of mankind and reduce <laughs> them to mundane tedium to make them boring. Yeah. Welcome to the world of Sims. <laughs> Well, it's not, yeah. that's that's the thing. They're not they're not boring. They're a necessarily. It's it's much more, um, not for everyone. Right. Oh yeah. No, I get it. I get it. Because like when I play The Sims, I can't play with the basic Sims. I have to. Get, I always have to get the magic one. And I mean, it's I always it's always a personal like. It's there's a spectrum of personal taste as far as like how realistic or how like um mm-hmm. like cartoony or silly or arcadey or whatever you want it to be mm-hmm. and sometimes this right. is what you're in the mood for because like i've enjoyed really realistic football games throughout the years and i i mean american football not football 
Um, right. and, uh, and then sometimes I'll be like, you know what? I don't, I don't feel like playing something super real. I feel like firing up NFL blitz and just like suplexing a dude 40 million times, yep. or, like playing mutant league mm-hmm. football and like, you know, throwing a pass that takes somebody's arm off, you know, just mm-hmm. silly shit. Right. It's fun. Or blood bowl. There you right? go. Yeah. Which is a war oh. game, which, which is a tabletop war game mixed with football, which is lots of fun. All right. <sighs> now there was one, um, I recall playing at one point where you were basically managing heaven and hell. Is this black and white? What it was called. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, the, the, I think it was of, Afterlife. Well, that was the deities themselves, though, not the actual mm-hmm. like places. Right. Mm, yeah. yeah. Yes, Black and White is a good shout out. I forgot all about that game. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's I a God Simulator game. Yep. <laughs> right. But yeah, Afterlife, you were actually managing heaven and hell. You had to make places for. Um, if I'm trying, I'm trying to remember. I'm going to be looking it up here. But you were basically, you know, managing the punishment of, you know, certain things. And let's see here. Oh, that reminds me. There's a there's a dungeon. There's like dungeon keeper games. It's like a dungeon simulator. That's another thing. Yeah. I never played. I never got in on dungeon keeper, but everyone says that I yeah, should yeah, have back when it was, you know, good. Yeah. <laughs> and back before yeah. it got screwed over by EA, like everything else. We cover all the, the bases yeah. here, just some other things that I have down just to kind of uh, illustrate how many different subgenres there are. You've got your various hunting simulators. You've got your various fishing simulators. You've got all your amusement park and specific types of amusement park simulators, roller coaster tycoon. Roller coaster tycoon, everybody. Yeah. Zoo simulators. You've got political simulators, like running a presidential campaign or whatever, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um Oh, another thing that's kind of funny, we've mentioned this in a few episodes, the the old ActRaiser game for Super Nintendo, which I mm-hmm. loved. That was a hybrid game where like you would play action levels and then you would be like, okay, well, now that you've cleared out this danger, now you got to manage this town and you're like a little butt-naked Cupid angel thing and it's weird. And it's yep. like, you're God, but you're also these little angels. <laughs> well, <laughs> so I, I'm pretty like, sure that, you were contr- that, that the angels were just things that worked for you. Well, yeah. Yeah, basically. It was and of weird. course, that game ends really kind of bittersweet because you, you save the world from all the dark, evil, demonic influences, and then the world grows to no longer need you, and you are forgotten. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, Which game was this? Act Razor. <clears throat> oh, okay. What's the word I looked for? It's, uh, uh, crap. I don't know. I, I'll think of it later. But Bittersweet? <laughs> no, but that's a good one. Poignant. It's very poignant. 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 Yeah, that, that works. ActRaiser, one of the uh, one of the mini games made by Quintet for the Super Nintendo, and man, Quintet made a bunch of really good games. Um, they got published by Enix Crazy. before Enix got a- got eaten by Square Enix. And everyone calls it Squeenix. Yep. <laughs> yeah, if you if uh, if you're in the uh, if you're if you're looking for good games to play on the Super Nintendo, um, and you have found ways to acquire things legally and legitimately, he said. Um, the ActRaiser games, uh, the Soul series, Soul Blazer, Illusion of Gaia, Terranigma, and Robotrek are all really, really um, good games to check out. Yeah. So There's during also, the pandemic, uh, oh yeah, um, go ahead. Mm-hmm. yeah, during the pandemic, it's kind of funny because I was um, basically bored as hell, and I get put mm-hmm. me in mind of the of sim games. I'm like, so as I get out and start, you know, wandering around doing stuff. I uh, started realizing it's like I could rate this as a sim game. So that life game, the graphics are great, and you'd think that there's you know there's not a lot of side quests, but you just gotta find them. There's like get a job side quests, and it's... <laughs> well, the, the life, the life like a sim game. 
the the life the 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 life is a video game analogy has been drawn a couple times. You right. actually reminded me of of another very brief niche of semi um, simulation games, although it's very light on the sim, uh, which are uh, Plague Inc. and uh, and uh, what was the other? I think the other one was called Pandemic, which was the Flash version, which is right. where you simulate being a virus trying to destroy, trying to kill all of humanity. Yeah, it's um, uh, pretty dark to play during an actual pandemic. pandemic. I played a lot of, pan- of Plague Inc. earlier on the Mega Brutal difficulty um, as actually a, me- a method of tra- kind of trying to uh, to uh, encourage myself. Because honestly, like as much as I might be down on humanity, our, our experts tend to be pretty expert at things for the most part. Um, right. So the fact that it's really hard... To completely eradicate all life in, on Earth at the mega, mega brutal difficulty actually, you know, is encouraging because that's probably the that's probably close to the difficulty level that actual viruses are playing on, and they aren't controlled by a human playing, being. Right, they're playing on survival level. Yeah, well, I, I mean, it's I in think survival it's, pretty, it's pretty impressive that we haven't had any like nuclear war or anything this this far in. Yeah, so that's that's. That's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually one of the things in Sim Earth. And that was another Super Nintendo game, much less popular than SimCity. But um, mm-hmm. I played that a bit. And it, basically, it's like you you uh, you go through like the areas of Earth and you like kind of like evolve species and like t- and you it even gets to the point where you can like terraform other planets and stuff. But there's like these futuristic scenarios where you have like self-replicating killer robots and like nuclear warfare Fallout, like Fallout style, and like all sorts of crazy shit. So I, I found that kind of amusing. Right. We even mentioned well, the even... controversy of Spore. No, we didn't. No, we haven't. Spore. Should probably yeah. get like we're, we're starting yeah, to run out of on time, but uh, it's worth mentioning. Spore was where uh, Will Wright and EA and Matt and and well, where Will Wright and Max has kind of lost some of their. Uh, their cred partially because EA uh, acquired them around that time. Um, yeah, you can only blame so much on EA. Yeah, you can only—it's true—you can only blame so much on EA. But like, Spore was an interesting game. It uh, it overpromised a lot. But the thing that I really wanted to mention was uh, was the DRM controversy and how hilarious it was that the crack for Spore I think was released one or two days before Spore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like you could download the illegal copy before you could legally purchase a copy. Um, and I'm not advocating for piracy, but it was just kind of funny that that was something that that was accomplished. Well, I think the thing is like they try to get all ham-fisted about that stuff. So then the people that would be kind of like ambivalent were like, you know what? Okay, now I have a mission. Now I'm going to prove mm-hmm. how stupid and wrong you are by going out of my way to screw this thing over and mm-hmm. hack the system. Right. And so that's what the sound effects. Have we had an episode on DRM? I don't think we did a full um, episode on it. We've no, we haven't. We've I touched have, on it in several different episodes, but I don't think we had a dedicated right. episode to that kind of stuff. Right. I have opinions, but you know, I'll add it to the list. All right. So. Yeah, 2008. That's when Spore came out. It's, it's nuts. <laughs> Twelve years ago. Yeah. Well, we're uh, we are we are beginning to run low on time here, gentlemen. Do we have anything else we'd like to? I re- realize this kind of devolved into a list episode where we talked about a bunch of games that we played. Um, or didn't play. Or didn't play, yeah. Right. Well, <laughs> things we liked about them. Yeah. So. I always, I've, I've always enjoyed the playing God aspect. I always get to right. a certain point where um, 
where I where I transform from a kind and benevolent god to a uh, to a cruel merciless one. Usually, right. it's it's indicated by me saving my game. <laughs> right. Right. Um, I did that in City Skylines just recently, um, yeah. and I didn't quite work out how the disaster triggering worked. So I managed to really completely destroy my city because I managed to have five different tornadoes tearing through the city at the same time. Because <laughs> you, so you tell them in- to go, and then it takes a little bit for them for for them to actually process. Right. So interesting thing about the Sims, uh, something I you know from a, a unique perspective. Perspective. Uh, a lot of writers will use the Sims to create characters. You know, to visualize and, and set up characters, visualize their looks, and visualize their lives. So that's interesting. You guys still there? I'm still here. Yeah. Okay. As I say, I didn't hear anything on that. So I'm like, huh. <laughs> I, I didn't. I couldn't quite think of a good response there. I mean, yes. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just it's it's an interesting use of a sim. Um, you know. Mm-hmm. So, oh, that, that actually just... reminds me of another thing. Um, uh, the uh, there, there's been um, there's been technology that's been used simulation technology that's been used to like help with um, with architecture and reconstruction and rebuilding damaged buildings and stuff like when the mm-hmm. cathedral was uh was burned so badly they're they're using i think it was from like the new assassin's creed game yeah when, when... because they were like they were doing like a specific modeling of that of the building and so it just coincidentally it worked out yeah no true right. uh assa- the uh the syndic- assassin's creed syndicate the modeling of the interior and exterior modeling of uh of notre dame was so um carefully done and precise that it is in fact being used being used in the reconstruction and ubisoft yeah, has made weird. available just sort of like they made a okay walk slash fly around notre dame as we had it modeled like thing for the architects yeah. uh, which is pretty cool yeah that's pretty cool and actually like that's something that's really been interesting about a lot of the more recent um um Ask creed games has been <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, whoever I, smelt uh, it, dealt it. Is that part of the creed? <laughs> I guess uh, has been uh, has been their educational slash tour modes, um, <laughs> where you don't play the game. You just kind of walk around, you know, eighteen, you know, nineteenth century France or ancient Egypt or you know right. wherever the right. game happens to be. And there are essentially it's like a it's like a museum audio tour. And it's right. like, so here's the thing that is that 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 did the stuff, and you're not fighting any fighting anyone. You're just like, oh, look at that really cool building, yeah. or check out you know activity on on the city square or what have you. Right. Well, you know the, <laughs> okay, the, so... uh, the conflux of this stuff is going to be like the simulation games with VR. You know, like it's going to be this right. whole thing where it becomes it's. It's all it's uh, it's a whole new genre where people are actually like simulating historical experiences and like mm-hmm. doing all sorts of crazy yeah. stuff. So it's gonna be interesting to see kind of like the combination of where the where the genre goes with the VR technology. Yeah, right? mixed uh, mi- mixed uh, media of uh, VR plus uh, plus non VR is gonna be really kind of cool. Right. So okay. So in mentioning uh, you know specialized sims, since I'm standing outside right now watching airplanes fly over there was a flight controller sim at one point mm-hmm. um so but interesting interesting aspect to note um a lot of games have started adding in sim you know sim uh sim aspects and that has i think helped their popularity so for instance um 
Skyrim added, uh, was it Hearthfire? Which Hearthfire, yeah. Build a house. Let you build a house. Build a house. Yep. You know, have kids, all that. Fallout 4, you have your settlements. You have to manage your settlements. You have to keep them happy. You have to, you know, build stuff, right. defend them, things like that. Um, was it um, Fallout 76 has its own quasi thing, you know, uh, where you're where you're keeping track of things, but that you know it's not as strong as in uh, as in Fallout 4. I mean, there's so nothing about Final Fantasy because nothing about Fallout 76 is as strong as any other Fallout game. This is true. It's 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 not quite even Iron Fist good, but um, <laughs> well, that's the so, thing with, yeah. uh, with doing that is you take a uh, you take like a beloved game or mm-hmm. uh, environment, and then when you mm-hmm. when you add that aspect, it makes it feel like there's more of an investment or more of an immersion there. So then. Uh, yeah. people are willing to spend more time or get more into it and uh, not only is that just cool in general for people to experience but it's also financially lucrative to the companies because then when people have this attachment to the virtual space they're more likely to mm-hmm. buy like dlc and cosmetic things expansions or whatever right because they're like right. you know it's their virtual space so they want to mm-hmm. keep going right okay so uh, i i we do need to kind of go ahead and, and wrap it up here folks all right so real quick, Sorry, last I, shout out. Uh, um, <laughs> I uh, was was chatting with a a fan um, and uh, talking about there is a KFC dating sim. I think we mentioned that earlier. And I, oh she, yes, uh, we did. <laughs> yeah, um, we did mention that. Yeah. 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 I remember. There's also a uh, a Wendy's uh, module for uh, for Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition. Yep. Right. I always thought that so, the term dating sim is very loose because really it's just like, hey, here's a bunch of dialogue choices. Have fun. It, it like, should be pointed out that people say dating sim uh, a lot of the time when they really mean visual novel. Right. Yeah. Um, well, and um, and bearing bearing in mind that a lot of these sim games are basically, you know, those are what board games used to be. Monopoly mm-hmm. was the for one of the first sim games because like you were, a, you know digital choose your own adventure book mm-hmm. kind of <laughs> right well and there used to be dating uh dating board games uh, which is funny as hell the, but... the sim to which you are referring by the way is called i love you colonel sanders a finger licking <laughs> good dating simulator which is um, free to play that, on steam the double entendre there is just right <laughs> finger looking good i don't know right so yeah. double double I, down I think entendre. the idea Right, exactly. Double down, double E down. And it's it's a, <laughs> and you can, you can play it for free on Steam right now if you really feel like it. Its publisher yeah. is in fact KFC. <laughs> God, I think it's kind of one of the things. It's like it's fun to just like download and play for a few minutes, just so that like when people see your Steam profile, they're like, "Wait, what the fuck is this? You've been playing this? <laughs> like <laughs> this was in your What's going on right now? Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly." Yeah, it's the person that has like six thousand hours of that that makes you go, hmm, rule thirty-four. So you just you just idle and rack up the hours and yeah. make people wonder. Right. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So so final thoughts? Because I think I've um, my final thoughts is that I quite enjoy is, sim I, I quite enjoy sim games, but sim I do have games? to be in the right mood for them. Like I will go through like like a lot of other games, like I will go through bouts of playing a lot of the Sims or a lot of city skylines or a lot of minecraft and then i'll kind of put it down for sometimes years at a time mm-hmm. and then i'll at some point i'll pick it back up again like i just recently was like man i'd love to play a city building game again so i bought city skylines right so yep yeah sims 4 got me through the pandemic you know stay at home time 
know, it's funny. I was thinking about how you know you love that the Spider-Man game on PS4, super mm -hmm. good. It it is, me, that really game good. is basically a Spider-Man simulator, even though it's an actual game. <laughs> like, it is a Spider-Man simulator. It's like, hey, you're Spider-Man, and you do all the Spider-Man-y things. Yep, the Arkham uh, games are... Uh, Batman are simulator. Like, if you really want to... If you really want to... If you want to extend the concept, pretty, pretty much all games are simulator games to a certain extent. Well, sure. Halo is a, is a futuristic military simulator game. Mm-hmm. From the point of view of a, of a soldier, yeah, that's it's kind of you know it's kind of a fine line though because it's like if you make if you make shit up, then of course it's going to be accurate to the shit you made up. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just saying that like they're the like simulation. Yeah, I'm just saying there is a reason why like there are delineations between simulator games versus non-simulator games. Right, right. Because yeah. if you get down to it, most games can be technically a simulator game yeah you get into stuff that's like right. survival and sandbox stuff they're not really simulator games but they have mm -hmm. aspects of simulator games yeah uh, right. as far as final thoughts for me um i you know i said my big piece with sim ant um so i can you know die hop happy podcaster I guess. <laughs> um <laughs> but um other than that i mean i would just say um, you know, if you're looking, if, if you're curious about sim genre games, uh, a couple of different approaches you can take either just take something you're already interested in and see what the best games of that are. Um, mm -hmm. or you can just, um, do just search for the games and see which ones are considered the most popular and the most, you know, replayable and whatever, like whatever it is you're looking for in a game. It's, you know, you have the internet, it's pretty easy to, you know, look it up mm -hmm. and see what the scores are. Right. And stuff. Um, and then, uh, another thing I wanted to, uh, excuse me another thing i want to mention real quick is it occurred to me as we we're talking about historical stuff and the assassin's creed games and stuff there's a lot mm -hmm. of medieval simulation stuff going on with like the stronghold games and like um you know a lot of those uh stuff where you're like building and managing like castles and fortresses and doing sieges and stuff um so that's, my sibs would that's probably be upset with me if i didn't briefly mention very very briefly mention the crusader kings games by paradox interactive which is um it's essentially it's it's medieval dynasty simulator, right? Because mm -hmm. you essentially are okay. I am the I am the patriarch slash matriarch of place of of you know like Hungary. Yeah, you've got. Like, that I'm the emperor of Hungary, and now let's go ahead and try and and uh, and you know keep my family line line alive and keep Hungary a country and. <laughs> You have right. the uh, various various different parts of the world and empires and historical periods. So you've got everything from that and like the Roman mm -hmm. stuff and the, the medieval stuff. Um, oh yeah, that's another thing. You have those like tin pot dictator games like Tropico, where it's like, hey, you're you're Fidel with the serial number filed off. Like, have fun, right. you know. <laughs> yeah. Little Banana Republic things going on. And I frequently do have fun with that with that sort of game. Yep. But yeah, that's about all I got. Cement is awesome. Um, you know, uh, look for the best or look for the topic that interests you the most and get the best version of that. Yep. Um, otherwise, yeah, it's, I, it's, I'm, I'm kind of like Neil, I guess, in the sense that um, I'll go through uh, phases where I'll be like, oh, man, I just really want to get into a semi kind of thing. And then I'll just be like, all right, I'm done with this for an extended period of time. And then the cycle will repeat itself. Mm -hmm. Right. And I feel like it's all it could almost be a rule of the Internet, um, which is if it exists, there's probably a simulator of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that'd be another good rule. Yeah. That's it. Rule 43. <laughs> mm -hmm.
Anyhow, um, <laughs> next time we'll talk about something else. We'll try and figure that out before, um, uh, and we you have know. Several because, ideas within the episode. So I'm yeah, sure we got a couple ideas. It's true. Things and stuff. Yep. Uh, this has been Neil. The one true Ben. And Mike. And we will talk to you next time on Geek Fanthology. And hopefully Craig won't break that t- that time. <laughs> all right. I'm out. East. See you have guys later on. on. Thank you all, gentlemen. Yep. This podcast is a production of Working Theory Productions. It is brought to you by a letter and number. The opening theme is Ultra Mega Hyperstorm, and ending theme is March of the Mind, both by Kevin McLeod. If there was interstitial music in this episode, it'll be listed in the doobly-doo. If you enjoyed this podcast or know someone who would, please consider sharing it in your social media, sending us an email, or leaving us a comment. If you're listening on iTunes, please rate us. If you're listening on Spotify, please follow us, etc., etc. Anything that you can do to help boost the signal and work the algorithm to make us more discoverable is appreciated. If you really enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us, either by making a one-time donation on our website or a reoccurring one on Patreon at patreon.com slash workintheory. A final thought. This outro is recorded in advance, and you may never hear it. It kind of depends on whether Neil has time to record a regular outro for an episode or if something gets in the way.